Extraordinary relationships don't make themselves. We either make them or we unmake them, one conversation at a time. But the thing is that sometimes we really love someone, but we don't know how to love them or how to invest in the relationship. Today's guest has some insights to that challenge. She'll also debunk some myths that may be holding your relationships back. Today's episode was a conversation featured at last year's Couples Goal Setting Retreat. Our guest is a longtime friend of The One Thing, and we invited her to set the stage for couples during the retreat so that they could have honest and empowering conversations about their future. We hope that by sharing this conversation now, those of you that are joining us on November 13th and 14th will start to prepare your mindset for setting goals with your significant other at this year's Goal Setting Retreat. If you don't have your tickets yet, listen to the episode and imagine what could be possible if you and your partner invested just two days planning your future together. With that, let's get into this conversation with best-selling author of Fierce Conversations, Susan Scott. Hey everyone, I'm so excited to introduce you to somebody who has been a friend of The One Thing and a personal friend of mine for several years now. And this is a relationship that has happened organically one conversation at a time. And Susan Scott, I'm so glad that you're with us today. It's so great to be with you again, Jeff. I always enjoy our conversations. You've already had a a very successful career. You're a successful author. You wrote Fierce Conversations and Fierce Leadership. What inspired you to venture out of the business world and go into this idea of Fierce Love? Oh, it's because of the thousands of emails that I've received from people who say, thank you, thank you so much for Fierce Conversations. I get that what gets talked about in a company and how it gets talked about and who's invited to the conversation determines what's going to happen. And I'm really using this in my career. And I just had the most wonderful conversation with my wife or my husband that we've had in, in years and years and years. And What, you know, that makes me really happy. And yet, if a company has not brought us in to train people on how to have these amazing conversations, then a lot of people don't know anything about fierce conversations. And the the thing that finally pushed me over the edge, Jeff, was I was listening to um, David White, who is a poet from Yorkshire, England. And he said, you know, the young man who's newly married is often perplexed, frustrated, even a little irritated that this lovely person to whom he has plighted his troth, that's how they talk in England, insists on appearing before his face on a regular basis, wanting to talk yet again about the thing they just talked about last night or last weekend. And so often it has something to do with the quality of the relationship. And he wonders, why are we having this conversation again? I mean, I told you I loved you. Uh, I took out the trash. I mean, what more do you need? And and then David said, long about age 42, and he smiled because he was 42. He said, if he's been paying attention, it dawns on him. This ongoing conversation I've been having with my wife is not about the relationship. The conversation is the relationship. And when I heard David say that, I was just, struck. I mean, it was, it was like, it was truly an epiphany for me. I, I had recently left a long-term marriage and was sad about it. But that notion that the conversation is the relationship explained everything. I mean, and if, if, if you and anybody who's watching this thinks that there may be something to that, then 
if the conversation stops, well, you can do the math. Or if you and I add another topic to the list of things we can't talk about because it wrecks another weekend, then all of the possibilities for our relationship become smaller. And all of the possibilities for the individuals in the relationship become smaller until one day I realize I am making myself quite small. I am behaving as if I'm just the space around my shoes, engaged in yet another two-minute conversation with my spouse or with my partner that is so empty of meaning, it crackles. So I thought I need to, I need to focus a book entirely on the conversations that are essential for any two people, up close and personal, eyeball to eyeball, when times are good, when times are a little bit rocky and everything in between. You know, how do we, it, sometimes we, we really love someone, but we don't know how to love them. Sometimes we're worth holding what we're really thinking and feeling, which is never ends well. And when you think about one of the quotes that I use all the time is from Hemingway, um, in The Sun Also Rises, character is asked, how did you go bankrupt? And he responds, gradually, then suddenly. We always wake up when we arrive at a suddenly. Could be a happy suddenly, or it could be a, I love you, but I don't love our life together. So I want people to be able to stay awake during gradually, because that's where we live most of our lives. So this book is about how to make love one conversation at a time, because love does not make itself. We make it or we don't make it, or we unmake it. And so we need to know, how do, we, how do we get our wings back in our relationship? How do we make sure we're, we're in agreement about where we want to go with our lives together? So there are, there are some conversations that are so powerful. And, and so this is a how to have those conversations. What are they? How to have them? And also busting some myths about relationships that get us into serious trouble. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Before we dive into those myths, I want to unpack why do you think we hold back from having the conversations that we know we need to be having? Oh, yeah. And, and you know, that is so common. I, I did it myself for years and years and years. Just didn't want to ap- upset the apple cart. Didn't want to go there. Have tried before. It didn't go well. We, you know, we, we just realized we're not good at this. We are just not good at having these conversations. And so we make the huge mistake of 
not having them. And I honestly think it is, it's the missing conversations that tend to cause the most damage. So we're afraid of not only how our partner is going to respond if it's, if it's something difficult. And by the way, these conversations aren't all about, here's what I want you to change. They're very loving. They're very, very loving. And it's not just about, though, how I think you might respond. It's also how I'm going to respond. I mean, Woody Allen is famous for saying, I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be in the room when it happens. And I think, I think some people feel that way about anything that they would consider a, a conflict or an argument. So we become very cowardly, honestly, and, and we sort of pretend that it isn't an issue or we delude ourselves into thinking that somehow magically everything is going to change and, and improve, and it doesn't. And gradually, 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 over time, our relationship loses its power, its juice, its joy. So it's common. We're just, we're afraid. We're afraid. And I, I think it's easier sometimes to have these conversations in the workplace than it is at home. Because in the workplace, we can leave at the end of the day. We can go home. We can tell our spouse all about this person at work who's driving us crazy. But when you're with someone committed in a committed relationship, you know, you, yeah, where do you go if, if things don't go well? So I want people to, to learn how to have even the tough conversations in a way that enriches the relationship. And I think that matters, is that you will know you're successful having the conversations when it enriches the relationship yeah. and not undermines yeah. it. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, even in, in, on the business side, that's really important. I mean, there are four objectives to any fierce conversation. Interrogate reality, because we all know that no plan survives its collision with reality. And reality has a habit of changing, which really complicates our fantasies about things we're going to go. You know, markets change. Look at the, look at the reality we're dealing with right now with COVID. Uh, people change and forget to tell one another. So it's no wonder that things get off kilter. So we need to interrogate reality. And when we do that, we also provoke learning. We, we understand much more about one another or the situation. And when we do that, then we can look at and tackle our toughest issues and in the process, enrich relationships. And if we do the first three, but without enriching the relationships, it, it wasn't a fierce conversation. Because a fierce conversation at its simplest is simply one in which we come out from behind ourselves into our conversations and, and make it real. I love that. I love that. So what would you describe as the difference between love and fierce love? Oh, there is a bold compelling line between love and fierce love. And I really want people to cross that line. And you begin crossing it when you understand a premise that's at the heart of all things fierce. If you want, but let's just focus on relationships. If you want to be a great partner, a great lover, a great spouse, you must gain the capacity and the commitment to connect with a person who is so important to you at a deep level or lower your aim. And when you think about that, you know, when we're first getting to know someone, we're first dating, boy, we hang on each other's every word. We're really listening. We want to know about this person. We ask a lot of questions and we're really asking. 
And we're really listening to the answers. We don't want to make a mistake. We want, we want to understand, is this someone with whom I might want to spend the rest of my life or at least a considerable part of my life? And so we are, we are really awake and attentive. What can happen and, and often does once the commitment has been made is that we settle into something that's more routine. And it's not that those routine conversations about you know, who's going to walk the dog? What are, what's the schedule for the kids this weekend? You know, here's the, here's the list of things we need to do around the house. It's not that those things are not useful. They certainly are, and they're normal. But every once in a while, we need to have a deeper conversation. We need to stay really in touch with this person so that we can remain in love with this person. One of my favorite sentiments I hear people say, boy, I, this relationship, this person is home for me. Oh, I love that sentiment. But if you think about a home, and you just moved, right? Jeff, you just moved. You think about a home, every once in a while, you, 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 wanna, you wanna redecorate. You wanna move the furniture around. The, every home has, needs repairs from time to time. So if this relationship, if this person is our home, is there anything that we, we want to change about it? Is there anything we want to rearrange? Is there any repair needed? And to have those conversations, if we're really listening to someone like we did when we first met them, something magical will happen. And, and we're not used to doing that. We, we're we're kind of tuned out. We've got our faces pointed towards our mobile phones, or we've got one ear on the, the game over here, or one ear on the kids over here. We're not really being there, prepared to be nowhere else, which is one of the principles of fierce conversations. What are some of the myths that derail relationships? One of the myths is that true love is unconditional. And I'll tell you a story that illustrates why this is a myth. A young couple visited me on at my treehouse years ago. We were sitting out on the deck having wine and cheese, and they were telling me how wonderful their life was together, how great their kids were, how good work was going. And I just had a feeling that it was all a little too glib. And during the second glass of wine, I said, so is there something you're not telling me? And man, the mood changed instantly. The husband sort of shrank his subatomic particles. It was like he was deflating right in front of me. And she eventually said, after this long, awkward silence, well, he had an affair. And it was really awful for me, well, for all of us, for both of us, and heartbreaking. And But we, we made it through. We got through it. The, the affair ended. And now we're good. And then she looked at him with these adoring eyes and she said, you know, darling, I, I, I believe that true love is unconditional and there is nothing you could ever do that would cause me to leave you. At that moment, I shocked all of us. I actually jumped up out of my chair and said, take that back. And then I sat back down and I said, listen, you, you've just given your husband, and I said to the husband, I'm sorry, I'm talking about you as if you're not here, and you are here, but you, you have just given your husband permission to possibly have another affair, one after that, because you're never, never going to leave him, no matter what he does. And that is a recipe for disaster. 
there are conditions. Most of us really need to, to clarify for ourselves and for our partners, here is how you must be with me. Not how you must be, that would be controlling and not very nice, but to be with me, these are the conditions that I really require. These are, these are, these are non-negotiable. There are some that are negotiable. We're not always going to get everything that we want, but there are some that are not negotiable. And that's a conversation that seriously needs to take place. So it's one of the conversations that I guide uh, couples through um, one at a time. So the person reading the book, clarify your own conditions. What are they? And, you know, that list is going to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. What's another myth? One of them it's sort of a, a lesser myth, and yet I think it does a lot of damage, is if you loved me, you'd know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's funny. You'd know what I'm feeling right now. You'd know what I need right now. You'd know what you should do right now. You, you'd know. If you loved me, you would know. And Actually, we don't know. We just don't. We're not mind readers. And I can remember myself years ago thinking, sitting across the room from my husband and thinking, he should know that what I want him to do is come over here and put his arms around me right now. And then I realized, how would he know that? So I walked across the room and said, can I snuggle with you? And we snuggled. I mean, we, we just need to tell one another rather than hanging out in hope that Someone is going to intuit what it is that we need or want. We need to be clear about it. We need to be clear to ourselves. And, you know, sometimes there are things that we literally hunger for, but we suppress them. We hunger for something because without it, we're starving. So if there's something in your relationship that you're really hungering for that is not happening for you, you are starving. And your spouse or your partner probably has no idea how deeply you are feeling the lack of something. So, you know, this, if you loved me, you'd know, is uh, not correct. We need to talk with one another about that. We need to, in the moment, say, you know, here's, you know what I'd like right now? This, this would be so great. And also the bigger things over time, you know, over over the week, what I would like from you would be this. What would you like from me? I mean, we need to have those conversations. I'm imagining watching this, Susan, and going, okay, I get it. I get that the conversation is the relationship, and it either grows or diminishes one conversation at a time. What's one of the most important conversations in the book that somebody can start to have? The first conversation is is the one with myself. I mean, that that's really, if I don't know that my life is good, my life is working for me apart from my relationship, then I, it's it's impossible for me to to gauge the relationship. Hmm. You know, it's it, it's easy to think that that's greener grass over there, and you'll find out that it's astroturf. Um, so we just. We take ourselves with us everywhere we go. You've heard that before, and it's so true. So who is myself? Who is myself? And who? And maybe if I'm not exactly who I want to be right now, what do I need to do to get there? And ask your partner to give you feedback and coach you and give you ideas and support you. 
I know for a lot of people, when they think of doing this goal-setting retreat together, there can be some fear that boils up because deep down they wonder, um, if we sit down and have these conversations, what if we're not aligned? I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you pose these deep questions that can bring so much clarity, so much alignment. How do we go about creating the safety so that these conversations enrich the relationship? Yeah. When I am in a situation where someone says something that is scary or hurtful, um, I need to just hold. That's that's what the crucible does. It, It simply holds. Whatever is poured into it, it holds. It doesn't drop. It doesn't run out of the room and slam the door. It doesn't say, I can't handle this. I don't want to talk about this. It doesn't do any of that. It just says, say more. Tell me more. Thank you for telling me this. This is important. This matters. Say more. What else? And I think really that's one of the reasons why all of the the CEOs that I worked with for so many years would tell me things and often say, I can't believe I'm telling you this because I haven't shared this with anybody else. They did it because they knew I wasn't going to leap up and say, you got to be kidding me or start judging them immediately. It's not that we don't judge ever, but we are a place where conversations occur. We're a physical place, an emotional place, an intellectual place. So what kind of place do we need to be for one another so that we can talk about things that that worry us, that disturb us. Gosh, I hope this doesn't come up. But the thing is, man, I don't want anybody to arrive at a negative suddenly. I can't tell you how many people I know who claim to have been completely shocked when their partner says, you know, I want a divorce. And they say, I had no idea. And inside I'm going, ha, bloody ha, you did, you know, or if you didn't, you were pretending not to know. We do have a sense when things are not going well. (laughs) One of the principles of fierce conversations is obey your instinct. Don't just listen to it, obey it. We're getting these messages. I don't know where they're coming from, north of the Pleiades for all I know, but we need to pay attention to them because there's probably something there. Our gut knows stuff long before the intellect catches on. So we need to be able to have these conversations, including topics that that we're afraid to, touch because otherwise we will end up at a, a, a suddenly that is no fun at all. So sometimes when a relationship is, is troubled, there's, there, is, there are changes that can be made. We can, we can adjust, you know, flying a plane, you're going from here to here, you, 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 you go back and forth, you go back and forth, sailboat, you tack. You go back and forth. And that's what happens in these relationships. Wow, okay, I'm off course in your eyes. We're off course in both of our eyes. What do we need to do to get back on course? What I'm hearing you say that's really important, and this is something that came up when um, my wife and I were working with a counselor, was I needed to be a place that could hold whatever emotion she was feeling at that time without judgment, without reaction, if, if we are life partners, I need to be that safe place that can hold it for her and not judge. And she needs to be able to do it for me. And I'm hearing the exact same thing is that we can have these conversations and have the mindset that if 
my significant other is sharing, my job is to be a space to hold for them. That's very true. And I want to add something important, Jeff. It's not that we don't have strong emotion during these conversations. We do. In fact, it's very important that we are in touch with our emotions and can name them. But naming them is not the same as acting them out. So it's okay for me to say, I am angry. I'm terrified. I'm heartbroken. I'm whatever. And One of the reasons why this is important is because years ago, Daniel Kahneman, who's a Princeton psychologist, won the Nobel Prize for economics, of all things, for his discovery that human beings, that'd be you and me, we make decisions and act first for emotional reasons, second for rational reasons. We are emotional creatures. This is not a girl thing. We are emotional. And so if we don't get in touch with our own emotions and share them with other people, So if we don't get in touch with our emotions, it'd be like jumping into a Maserati that has no gasoline in it. We have to give the lit match something to ignite. It's one of the reasons why in a coaching conversation, we ask, you know, given everything you've just said, um, all these results that you are seeing, what do you feel? And very often somebody will say, oh, I'm frustrated. And we Stop there, and we should not stop there. We should say, talk to me about that frustration. Say more about that. And really listen, because some, honestly, sometimes we do not know what we are thinking and feeling until we hear ourselves say it out loud. And that doesn't happen unless someone is asking us questions and really asking and asking them ceremoniously. I mean, when a question is posed ceremoniously, the universe responds. But half the time when we're asking, we're not really asking. What final advice would you give to the people who are about to start searching for answers for some of these questions? Certainly, I want you to have that conversation with yourself. How, how am I? Apart from my relationship, how do I feel about myself? How do I feel about my life and the way I'm living it? Would I want to be on the receiving end of me? Are there some changes I need to make? I mean, that's really, really, really important. And then there's there's some humility here and then coming into a conversation with our partner, knowing that we're the ones who need changes and improvements the most. I mean, I always say that. I'm the person who needs this the most, everything that, that I'm teaching people. I need it the most. Um, And so this can't be from a, let me tell you what's wrong with you and the horse you rode in on conversation. (laughs) (laughs) This needs needs frequently to be, I want to tell you what I appreciate about you just in this moment, the way you responded to, you know, our little kid here who was pestering you. That was a thing of beauty. I loved it when you came up behind me when I was at the sink and you put your arms around me. When you do that, I just... I feel so warm. I love that. I love that about you. We need, to, we need to tell people specifically what it is that we really love about them, what we appreciate about them, instead of just saying, thanks, good job, okay, well done. That's, that doesn't land. So part of the conversations that we have is how do we, how do we express our love and appreciation and gratitude 
How do we let someone know, I don't just desire you, I value you. There's a big difference. I value you. And um, one of the wonderful side effects of these conversations is it tends to improve one's sex life. Uh, This is not a sex manual, but it definitely does tend to bring more physical intimacy back into the relationship. And I know a lot of couples who, boy, that's just gone out the window. You know, it's not happening and they don't want to talk about it. And it gets, and the longer they don't talk about it, the, the harder it gets to talk about it. And they don't talk about it because they're not, they're not connected with one another. So yeah, so final advice. Have a fierce conversation with yourself. And, and if you haven't read Fierce Conversations, you might want to get that book and read that because really everything in that does translate to relationships. And then this fierce love, how to make love one conversation at a time will focus entirely on relationships. Love that. Susan, if people wanted to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Well, I'm going to do something that everybody tells me I shouldn't do. Uh, I want to give everyone my email address, my personal work email address, which is susan at fierceinc.com. And ink is I-N-C, susan at fierceinc.com. Let me know if you want to be alerted when the book is out. And that's, you know, it's not like if you send me your email address, it's not like you're going to get all these pitches from me or from my company, not at all. I just want to, I want to know who wants to know when the book is out. And also, we are developing a training, um, an online asynchronous training around the book. And I'm really excited about that. So that's how. Well, Susan, um, thank you so much for investing your time with us today. You've just been um, a huge blessing in my life and very grateful for you today. Thank you. There you have it, our conversation with best-selling author and 2020 Goal Setting Retreat guest speaker, Susan Scott. What I appreciate about this conversation is that Susan debunks the myths about love that hold our relationships back while challenging us to love fiercely and have the conversations that matter. What we talk about with our partners and how we talk about it determines whether our relationships will thrive, flatline, or fail. So take a moment and ask yourself, who are the people in my life that matter most? Go ahead and make a list, write it out, and then choose one person from that list and let them know they matter to you. Start a conversation with the intent to invest in that person and your relationship. If this episode got you thinking about conversations you want to have or need to have or want to make time for, take the next step and get your ticket to this year's goal setting retreat on November 13th and 14th. When you join us, you'll define your core values and you'll learn the values that drive your significant other. You'll think about any team cut. You'll define your core values and learn the values that drive your significant other. You'll think big about what you want your life to look like someday from now, and then you will set goals to achieve that life. You can join us in person or attend virtually online. The retreat will be recorded so you can get access to those replays through the end of the year. Join us by visiting theonething.com slash setmygoals. That's with the number one in the URL, theonething.com slash setmygoals. If this episode brought value to you, who's someone you know or care about that would benefit from listening to it? Would you share it with them? And if you're that person, welcome to The One Thing Podcast. Click the subscribe button so that all future episodes will be automatically downloaded to your device. And for all of you, please consider leaving us a rating or review on your podcast player of choice as it helps us reach far more people. 
Thanks so much for listening to the One Thing Podcast. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.